This is the emergency medical minute. Uh, cyclic vomiting, one of our favorite patient complaints, right? Uh, did you know that in the last, I think it's around seven, eight years, we've had a 40% increase in cyclic vomiting here in Colorado? Most of it is thought to be secondary to, of course, our legalization uh, of marijuana. Um, but also, there's a big difference between cyclic vomiting and cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. Uh, so I think that sometimes those things are confounded, but they're very, very different diseases. And one of them, people smoke a lot of marijuana or consume a lot of marijuana, and you actually store marijuana in your fat. So when people get under stress, they actually release all this marijuana. It leads to a secondary intoxication. And you have two THC receptors really in two places. One is your brain, and those are anti-nausea THC receptors. So if you activate THC1 in your brain, it actually decreases your nausea. And then you have THC receptors in your gut. And those are paradoxically kind of pro-nausea, pro-nausea THC receptors. They slow down your gut motility. They cause nausea and vomiting. And for some reason, they think with these, with these uh, cannabis hyperemesis syndrome that when you release those from the lipophilic stores, they actually affect the gut motility more, and that, that way they get more vomiting. Um, so for cyclic vomiting itself, there's a few different things that it's associated with that I did not know about before and a few different treatments we can actually use for cyclic vomitors, which we might not be using currently. So does anyone know the disease process that it's associated with? No? It's actually migraines. So there's a big relationship between migraines and then also cyclic vomiting. Uh, and actually a lot of migraine medications that you, you use for migraines work in cyclic, cyclic vomiting. Uh, so I was just reading articles that say that sumatriptan either in the nose or IM is a good rescue for cyclic vomiting. So next time you have someone who fails Haldol, you can use that. Uh, how many of you have started seeing a lot of patients who are allergic to Haldol? Oh yeah, they're like coming out of the woodworks, right? Well, what, what can you use in that case that gives a patient really good sedation uh, that you can use and gives really the same type of effects, actually more anti-nausea effects than Haldol? Does anyone know the medication? Zyprexa, yeah. So a lot of you will see, I think me and some other docs start using IV Zyprexa. Uh, there's always the question, can you give it IV? The answer is absolutely yes, you can. It's the same warning as Haldol, and, and you can give it IV all day till the cows come home. Uh, but IV Zyprexa is another great rescue. And then something I didn't know, which I'm going to start doing, is there's actually medications you can give to cyclic vomitors to prevent them from having cyclic vomiting. Do you know which, what those are? No? So the big one is amitriptyline. So amitriptyline has been shown to really, in a lot of patients, be curative. But you can start patients on it, and they can titrate it up. So you start them on 25 milligrams. They titrate sometimes up to really large doses of 125, 150 milligrams. But that's really the hallmark of therapy, what most of our GI doctors, when we send them out to the community, start doing for these patients. The other thing you can actually give them to prevent nausea and vomiting is you can actually give them anti-epileptics, like Keppra. And those have been shown to also decrease. And the last thing is coenzyme Q10, because in some patients it's thought to be related to mitochondrial disorder, at least the, the cyclic vomiting is. So coenzyme Q10 has also been shown to decrease episodes of cyclic vomiting. The one thing you shouldn't give these patients is opioids. You can give them sometimes acutely in the emergency department, but it's been shown that patients who are discharged with opioids, it actually worsens, it increases the frequency of cyclic vomiting and it worsens their, their outcomes long-term. They have more admissions, more hospital stays, worse outcomes. So, sorry, at the end it did end up being about opioids. Thank you. Emergency Medical Minute is, and always will be, about free medical education. 
Medicine's most prolific podcast is successful because of our supporters, donors, and of course, our listeners. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And if you support spreading free medical education, please donate at our website, emergencymedicalminute.com. As always, keep listening.